Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome back into the CMB Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 48. Brian, what famous NASCAR driver is number 48? I know you know this. Jimmy Johnson. See, like, I, wouldn't have got, I wouldn't have gotten that. He, he won like, like four or five titles in a row, something like that. Not that I watch. I don't care at all. But, you know, just watch a little bit of Sports Center and then talk about it all the time. Sure. Blue, he drives the Blue Lowe's car, right? Yeah, I think that's right. There we go. We've got we got Brian Franklin and Ryan Richard joining us. Rich, how yeah. are you? <laughs> Important news of the day, Billy Ray Cyrus is no longer Billy Ray Cyrus. His name is officially Cyrus. Wow. I don't know what to do with that news. Oh. That had to be shared. We can move on from that, but we have to say it. Podcast is not fake news. Uh, fake, hashtag fake news. Out of here. So uh, other notable 48s, and this guy was playing before I really was involved in fantasy, but Steven Davis, running back from uh, the Panthers. I think he played with the Redskins too, um, number 48. And then most notably, Titans long snapper, Bo Brinkley, number 48. So there are your 48s. We're two away from the big 5-0. We're almost over the hill as a show, and I think we should just cut it off You know, somewhere around retirement, so maybe 65. What do you guys think? Oh yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, if people if if people like the show, we can try and work past retirement age. But episode sixty five could be the last one. I'm just gonna say it. Very possible. Very well, possible. let's cover some breaking news. I, Zach put this together, and Brian, I think this is old news, but he says breaking. Josh Cribbs has retired. Didn't that happen like three years ago? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened a while ago. And I, I know what has Josh Cribbs. On Zach's mind, and that's because he announced a Browns draft pick. And uh, actually, actually, when that happened, I snapped Zach and and a few others in the league, and said, uh, like, had the video of Cribs uh, announcing the pick, and was just saying into the mic, Cribs, Cribs, like Rob. I'm sure I'm sure he would, because you know we missed. <laughs> yeah, well, what I thought what I thought Zach was doing was just trying to throw some feelers out there to see if Rob listens to the show. So we'd throw out a nugget just to, of Rob's interest, and if he listens to the show, he'd say something, right? We have no clue if Rob listens. He probably oh, doesn't. I'll, I'll guarantee you Rob doesn't listen to the show. Or we could say anything we wanted to about Rob Gall right now. He'd never find out. Well, let's, let's play nice because Rob's been nice to us. But, yeah, Josh Cribbs has been retired for a while, so that's not really breaking. Hashtag fake news. Right, Rish? Fake news. Yep. Um, you know, more more news uh, around the league. Marshawn Lynch coming out of retirement after he famously said he is retired, he's not coming back, and he's pulling a Brett Favre. He's back and he's playing in his hometown with the Raiders. Rish, what do you think about this uh, this move for the Raiders? Is this kind of the, the piece they needed? You know, I I don't know. We haven't watched him play football in so long. I'm going to think he has fresh, you know, fresh legs. He's obviously still in great shape. You know, his Instagram photos, his videos, he seems to be in pretty good shape. I think he's going to be fine. He'll, be go, he'll go right back to his old playing ways. I'm pretty sure of it. So, Brian, is beast mode back, would you say? Yeah, I think he'll still be a pretty high-quality running back. Um, you got to remember, he didn't have a whole lot of tread on his tires before Seattle. He didn't have a ton of carries. Right. Um, right. I mean, he's getting up there. I'm pretty sure he's past 30, but you know, 
that's kind of a magic number when you've got a running back who's played every year, but for all the years that he doesn't sure. play, you can basically kind of roll his age back to whenever he stopped playing and think of him as that age. So, yeah, I think he'll still be pretty effective. Well, fun fun for Titans fans. They get to see Beast Mode 2.0 or whatever we're calling him now. Week one of the NFL season, the Raiders come to town to Nashville. So I'm excited about that. Marshawn Lynch legitimately is one of my favorite players. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him, um, you know, across the Cumberland River. Um, should be fun. Another running back, though, I mean, we never saw Marshawn Lynch in – like we never saw him lose steam. I feel like I feel like even up into the very end, you know, injuries kind of plagued him a little bit. But up until the end, I feel like he still kind of had some steam. Um, one running back though, Adrian Peterson. Is that is that a guy who needs to hang up the cleats? Um, he was recently signed by the New Orleans Saints, but I just don't I don't see what's left. I, it, it's kind of sad watching him play now. He's he's a shell of his former self. You guys I, agree? I, I'm I'm gonna agree and disagree. I don't think. The Adrian Peterson's necessarily done. I think he was done with Minnesota. The problem is, is he's going to the worst possible fit. I do not see how the New Orleans Saints offense is going to fit with him at all. Right. I, just, I, I see more of a pro style. Uh, I could see maybe with Chicago. Uh, but, you know, Adrian Peterson hasn't always had the best hands. I just I don't see how he fits there. Brian, maybe you might be able to prove me wrong. Well, uh, I... I just think that he's kind of – you already have Mark Ingram there, and I think they have a role for a guy who's just pretty much strictly a running back, although Mark Ingram had a lot, a lot more uh, pass-catching opportunities last year. But uh, I think the role that they've kind of fit – or the role that they've kind of made for him is just that you know, between-the-tackles role. But and like I said, Mark Ingram is there, and he's in his prime. Why – you know, yeah. Why, why are you gonna Why are you gonna bring along Adrian Peterson? And then I know we're gonna get into this too. And then draft uh, uh, from Tennessee, gone blank. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara. Yeah, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, that's what I was gonna bring up. I mean, certainly this is our first episode, you know, post draft. So we were, you know, gonna gonna get there eventually and mention that. But you know, it didn't make sense to me before the draft. You know, they signed Lynch. I mean, uh, Peterson. I think it was a couple of days before with Ingram being kind of a similar running back. And then they they draft Alvin Kamara, who I think behind Christian McCaffrey is probably the second best pass catching running back in the draft, if you, if you guys would agree. So it it doesn't I don't I don't see how there's gonna be room for opportunity for all three of those guys. Um but you have to imagine between A A P excuse me, A D all day and uh and Mark Ingram, one of those guys is gonna get injured probably long term. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They need depth. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the, the the news you know of the day with the running backs. Um, you know we'll we'll see if if either or both of those guys can can play like their former selves. I personally would love to see uh, Adrian Peterson, um, you know play play like he used to, but it still just to me feels so strange uh, seeing you know guys with with new teams and you know him not playing in that purple anymore. But you know it, it should be fun. Um, like we mentioned, you know the NFL draft. This past weekend, it was really not that long ago. I mean, less than a day and a half ago, and and uh, you know the Titans made more picks than they were, you know, originally slated. We certainly want to talk about the Titans, um, and then talk about some of the players who could have you know fantasy value around the league. Um, just kind of going around the circle, I guess, around the triangle, of the three of us right now. Um, Rish, I'll start with you. Can you kind of grade 
the Titans draft. Uh, from your perspective, maybe some pros and some cons of some of the picks. What did you like? What did you not like? If you're a person who loves the draft, if you're obsessed with the draft and you follow it for the months or, like, for instance, I'm already looking at, you know, the next draft. I'm already looking at the prospects for next year. I'm obsessed with the draft. And if, if you go off of that, you're going to hate the Titans draft. Right. Uh, but then, of course, you know, being a Titans fan, you have that inside that you know better and you know that J-Rob knows what he's doing and you trust the system, you trust his picks. But, you know, when you get guys like Conklin and you get guys like Adoree Jackson who are listed as your sixth and eighth best cornerback on your list, uh, you know, 64th best player in the late first round, you start to wonder, but then you start realizing you get the bigger picture. Dick LeBeau, John Robinson, maybe they know what they're doing. I give them maybe as far as a grade. Uh, knowing all that, knowing the background, I would like to give it a B, but, mm -hmm. you know, this time next year, I'll obviously have a different opinion after seeing how they how they do. Sure, Brian. Uh, you know, kind of getting specific with the picks. Uh, Corey Davis. I know you and I talked on previous podcasts. We both thought he was, you know, the best wide receiver in the draft and certainly the best uh, fit um, for the Titans. What, what would you say about them picking him at number five? Was that a reach, or did you kind of like where he was picked there? You know, I think it was a little bit of a reach, but. And, and, I, and I said this to Zach at some point, too, that it kind of started a, a little mini run on the top tier of wide receivers. And I'm glad right. that we started it instead of being, getting caught at the tail end of it. Mm -hmm. um, and, but really, the, the, the big thing about the draft, about this draft to me as a Titans fan, is the whole Bears, and it's not just the trade, but the whole the Bears infatuation with Mitch Trubisky absolutely just completely turned our draft upside down because I think our plan, our plan all along was for somebody to trade up to the number five pick because they wanted Mitch Trubisky. And then when Trubisky went, nobody else really thought any of the other quarterbacks were top five worthy and they weren't worried about the Jets taking, they weren't worried about anything else at that point. So it was kind of like, yeah, I would love to trade down, but you got to have a partner to trade down and nobody wanted to. Sure. Yeah, and that, I, I had the same sentiment. You know, I, I was at the draft party at Nissan Stadium when they when they picked Davis at five, and I knew as soon as as two and three swapped there that you know they're they're probably going to stick and pick because I couldn't think of another team that wanted to give up so much to move down to five, and and I didn't know if if, if it was even worth it at that point because the teams that you know you kind of wanted to trade with, you know they. Had, I just didn't get the sense that they were wanting to uh, to make that move to five. And with that being said, you know they pick at five, and to me, I felt like the better player in the draft, Jamal Adams, who was probably a top three prospect, was still on the board. He gets picked at six. So then you're thinking, okay, well they must, you know, they must love Davis or something that you know that we don't know about. Um, and then you know they pick again at 18, and O.J. Howard is still on the board. Right, and then he goes. He goes to Tampa Bay with the next pick, and again uh, you're like, again you're like, man, they must know something that we don't, because the the players we've heard about all draft were the players who were, you know, at the top of the draft, Howard and Adams, and with those guys still on the board with your, you know, your turn at at, at the pick, and you don't you don't grab those guys as a fan. You're thinking, well, you know, they must know what they're doing, because you know, I'm not sure what's going on right now. Were you guys disappointed at all to not see them take a stab at? At a you know a top tier defensive player like Adams or a tight end like Howard, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed, and 
you know, I was just thinking about this, about how you were talking about trusting the decision makers and trusting John Robinson. If Rustin Webster had made these picks, we'd be losing our minds, wouldn't we? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I Good agree. Point. Well, and, and, and I'm gonna, and Brian, exactly what you just said. On top of that, too, is these three names: Harry Douglas, Gard <laughs> Matthews, and Tajay Sharp. Those yeah. were the three active receivers we had on our roster. What do you do if you miss Corey Davis? And what happens if we miss that run? Realistically, the best receiver we have is now Taewon Taylor, and maybe a late wide receiver later. You know, I think maybe we might have actually made the right move going so early at a wide receiver. Well, if what this draft has taught you know any Titans fan is that you know when you when you're a fan of a team that has a you know reputable general manager and a GM that fans get behind, you can justify almost any pick, right? So picking they could have picked a quarterback, right? And there would have been a segment of the fan base that said, well, you know, it's not a bad idea when you really think about it, right? And that's just because of the fans infatuation with John Robinson. Um, what I'm wondering is is what has he done in his first, you know, year really? He's only been on the job for a year and a couple months. What has he done to kind of develop that that uh trust with with fans? To me, I have an idea. I think it's it's what appears to be lopsided trades, right? Getting Demarco Murray for you know a cup of coffee um, and things like that. What, what do you guys think is is the reason John Robinson has earned that trust already from from fans? I think a big part of it is his um, experience with New England and oh, yeah. and the fact that you know the, the quote I always go back to about John Robinson is, and I'm paraphrasing at this point, is that Belichick said. John Robinson is the only scout that I ever had where I didn't have to look over uh, his reports. I just trusted him. Yeah. And so th- that tells me that this this guy absolutely knows how to evaluate talent. So when it comes to talent acquisition, you know, just the acquisition of talent, I don't I don't know how, you know, maybe that talent doesn't work together so well. But when it comes to the acquisition of talent, this guy has proven to. Uh, pretty much the best in the business, maybe the best head coach of all time, and uh, that he knows what he's doing. So I, well, back, to me, that's the big yeah. thing. Back with the Howard pick, I mean, part of the reason why I was so upset and why I thought that maybe you know, maybe they might take a stab at Howard was, who would you guys say is regarded as the best tight end of the last decade in the NFL? I would imagine it's a unanimous answer here. Gronk, right? Gronk, you say Gronk. Yes, yeah. yeah. Would you say Gronk? You know, I, I remember when John Robinson was first hired, he was telling a story about his first, really around the time when he first kind of developed that trust with Bill Belichick. And he said the first person that I really vouched for in the draft room with Belichick and Scott Pioli and those guys in, in New England was a player, a tight end out of the University of Arizona. And he said that, that Belichick really wasn't on board because he, you know, he spent a year off the field with surgery, you know, back surgery, and, you know, J-Rob really said, you know, trust me, this guy is the next, you know, insert great tight end here, Tony Gonzalez, whoever. And so they drafted him, you know, they trusted him and they drafted him, and throughout the whole draft process, they talked, you know, maybe not even they, but, you know, draft experts like Mayock and people like that said that Howard was the next Gronk, so that's that's kind of, I think, what led me to believe that they would, they would take a stab at Howard. Um, but, you know, they didn't go that route, they went with Corey Davis, um, Rish, what are you know getting kind of specific with some of the Titans picks? What are some pros and cons do you think to some of the players that they took? It can be, 
any of the first rounders or any of the seventh round guys? What do you think? You know, what I love, what John Robinson did that's so different from Jeff Fisher, any other person I've ever seen draft, and Brian and, and, and Pace, you may have picked up on this too, but do you notice that right before the draft, we started drafting all these, or excuse me, picking up on free agency, all of these special teams guys, mm -hmm. Eric Weems, all these, these guys. I'm like, who, you know, who are these guys? Yeah. Budget players, you know, great low contracts. Well, what I realized is now, instead of the last part of our draft, us just going after those special team guys, those fillers, the the Kellers that, you know, um, Justin Kellers and those no-name guys that Jeff Fisher used to draft just for special teams, now we're addressing those before, and now we're taking stock in guys who could actually develop into pretty legit talent. I mean, even going back to the uh, Corey Levin pick, you know, there's there's actually scouts that says that if he is to move into a guard position, that he could start most NFL teams today. Uh, that's pretty impressive. That late of a pick to to take those kind of guys and and you know the Jayon Browns, your your shutdown guy. So I think that's something that we've done differently in this draft that's going to help us be more successful in the future. Six of the nine picks the Titans made were from non-mid-major programs and four from FCS schools. I mean, that's that's pretty bizarre, right, for an NFL team. I mean, I, I can't think of another yeah. example where it's been that lopsided. I, I, there's not any I can think of, especially the Titans' past. Sure. I'll tell you. Brian, the, I know, the guy I know I really a lot of research like. on. Go yeah. ahead. No, I was going to ask about Taewon Taylor. Was that who you are going to mention? Well, that was one of the guys I was going to talk about. I I really do like Taewon Taylor. I, I saw something today that it was a comparison. Uh, maybe you saw it. It was on the Music City Miracles, um, uh, wherever that fan site. Uh, yeah. It was a, a comparison of guys. Comparison just is mostly of, of uh, measurables and uh, some of the uh, the combine statistics between Taiwan Taylor, Stephon Diggs from Minnesota, and Antonio yeah. Brown. And he compares favorably to all of those to each of those guys. And you know, wow. even if he, even if he ended up just being Stephon Diggs. That'd be fantastic for a third-round pick. I mean, Stefan Diggs is, 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 a, is a good wide receiver. Uh, so I really like Tywan Taylor, and I know a lot of the other people liked it too. The guy I was going to mention as a later pick that I liked was Josh Carraway in the seventh round. Yeah. That we're going yeah. to use him as an edge rusher, and everybody talks about how he's a guy who just gets after the quarterback. Do you guys have thoughts about him? Yeah, I've, you know, from what I've read, his coverage skills aren't the greatest. He he needs some size too. Um, they could, he could probably you know stand to bulk up a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I watched some of his some of his film today, and you know, he was always around the quarterback in Big Twelve competition. Um, that's encouraging. I, I, I like I like the pick. I thought they'd go with an outside linebacker late, and that's what they did. And he needs to bulk up, you know, like you said. But something a lot of people didn't know about Jayon is he actually clocked a four five six at pro day. Which, if you add that to the draft, it completely changes everything. Uh, because he was listed, I think, at a 4.8. Mm -hmm. uh, but the 4.56 he listed at Pro Day uh, was actually pretty high up on the list. And I'm not trying to backtrack here, but I got to. Back to Taewon, what you just said, Brian. Very important. Not only does you know his measurables match up, 
but so does production. Listen to the stat. This made me feel great. Taewon Taylor versus Alabama. Nine catches, 121 yards. John Ross versus Alabama. Five catches, 28 yards. He also averaged 17 yards per carry every year for three years. Mm -hmm. Dane Brugler says quick in everything he does. So. Well, and he led he led the nation last year in most catches above 15 and 40 yards. And you know who was in fifth in both of those marks was Corey Davis. I thought wow. that was pretty that's pretty neat. I, I saw that stat from from Dane Brugler too. Um, so I, you know I really like that pick. You know he went he went a little lower than I think some people thought too. Um, they trade Titans traded up to get him. Um, so you know I, I I like that pick for sure. Um, so one thing I want to ask you, I guess from a fantasy perspective, guys, which um, which Titans player was helped the most and which player was hurt the most? So an existing player that was already on the team, whose stock was helped out, you know, by by the draft, and, and whose was hurt the most? I got to say, helped the most. You you got to look at Mariota. I yep. mean, with, with the weapons that they get him, uh, I don't I don't know who has helped more than him, and I'm, I'm sure Rich is probably going to say the same thing. Hurt the most, though, um, man. I mean, I, I, I guess, I guess you look at. I, guess, I don't know. What do you think, Rich? It's, it's got to be Richard Matthews. I mean, the the guys, you know, he he had what? How many receptions last year? Close to a hundred, over a thousand yards. Reset, you know, and and receiving. It's actually a you know top guy. Uh, but I mean, he's irrelevant now. Corey and Taewon, I think, will compete. I was yeah. thinking. I was thinking maybe Tajay Sharp might be hurt right. even more than Rashad oh, because yeah. I think Tajay Sharp could have coming into this year thinking of himself as a number two wide receiver could be looking at, you know, if he had can build on what he did at the beginning of last year through training camp, he was probably thinking I can get fifty to sixty catches this year. I, I think he'll be lucky to get thirty to forty now just because of the weapons that we've added. I completely agree, and I think that that Sharp and Davis were sort of a similar. You know similar traits, and and you know Davis is clearly the number one receiver now, and I would say Matthews is still number two. If anything, you know if anything, Taywan Taylor took Sharp's you know job in the slot uh, to replace you know Kendall Wright in the slot. So yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, so one one question though is, is what's this offense going to look like? It doesn't seem like there's enough room to kind of spread the wealth. There's not enough opportunity. Um, for for guys that we've seen in the past, you know the Delaney Walkers, this team, um, to kind of have the same production. It sounds like it's going to be more of an even split. What's this offense going to look like to you guys? Do you think? Well, it's going to sit on the field more. It's going to make your defense better. They're going to be more rested. Uh, I think you're going to see uh, time of possession go up. And if Demarco Murray is not a top two pick in the league, I would be shocked, especially with the offensive lineman and Jonu Smith adding uh, blocking. Uh, I mean, I think it's a, a better team. There's no way you can deny that. We got better. We we had needs and we addressed them. What about Exotic Smash Mouth? Is it still alive? Yeah, I think so for sure. Um, I don't. I don't think Corey Davis and Taiwan Taylor overnight are going to become our number one options. We're still going to stick with keeping the ball on the ground, getting it to Delaney, and then this just adds more wrinkles and, and, and more uh, variety to our offense so that we're not going to have teams just stacking the box against us. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, I can't I can't think of a scenario where this is bad. I mean, 
you know, maybe maybe for individuals on the team, um, but you know, it, 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 it's a more diverse offense, and I think play action is going to be a lot of fun um, with this team, you know, in the future. And I think honestly, Taywan Taylor to me is a guy who he's kind of what Kendall Wright should have been. I think that's what we're going to see. That's just kind of my my prediction, you know, here in in April. Uh, a lot of teams win in March and April and in May, um, but you know, we'll uh, we'll see on that. Um, moving around the league, though, the Titans were one of three teams that had multiple picks in the first round. Cleveland somehow managed to have three first-round picks, um, and one of those, you know, two of those picks were, were were on defense. They draft, you know, tight end David Njoku late in the first round. They also take Jabril Peppers and Miles Garrett. Um, I know we say this every year, but this just seems like if Cleveland doesn't win at least five, six games, something's, you know. Something's wrong. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I think they'll definitely be better, uh, but I, I don't know about. Five. I think I still think five or six games is pushing it. It just it's totally dependent on if they can find a quarterback that that can work for them. And I don't think it's Deshaun Kaiser this year. Uh, I don't know if it's ever Deshaun Kaiser. He's not a prospect I particularly like. I think they got good value for him, but I'm not really a believer in him. Um, See, I, so. that, that may be the only thing I've disagreed on Brian with yet. I'm actually a Kaiser fan, but I don't know if Cleveland's a team to develop them. <laughs> I don't see Cleveland developing great quarterbacks. Well, Hugh Jackson is there now, and he, Hugh Jackson has been a good developer of quarterbacks, so maybe, you know, maybe that bodes well for him. And he definitely has all the talent in the world, but I just you know, I, I, I see him in the mold of one of those guys who's big, big arm, uh, looks looks the part for sure, but just when it comes down to it, he's not very accurate. Um, he, he's just, I, I didn't see much out of him in, at Notre Dame to, to make me think that he can be a pro quarterback. So uh, would you say, you know, does this have any adverse effect on Rob Gaw drafting Cleveland Browns, or is he going to take about as many as he normally would? I don't think Rob Gaw gives two flips about the draft, gives two flips about <laughs> us. He doesn't care about anything. What matters to Rob Gaw, does he, well, first of all, does he return kicks, and <laughs> does he play for Cleveland? And that's what Rob is going for. You guys mentioned Kaiser, and I think I agree with Brian there. You know, watching watching him, everything I've read about Kaiser is is not that there are maturity issues, but certainly the guy has a lot of room to grow. Um, another guy that they've talked about is unfortunately, however you look at it, I guess Deshaun Watson, drafted you know by Houston, is the first quarterback that you know their general manager Rick Smith has taken in the first three rounds since 2006. That's kind of a fun fact there for Houston, but they think this is their guy. Um, let's just play. Let's just play the game this way. Do we think Deshaun Watson is Brock Osweiler, or do we think he's Matt Schaub? Is I'm going to say neither. I mean, are either of those good options? I don't really understand. Yeah. Well, see, so I guess with that option, there's there's no with those options. There's no uh, there's no great scenario for Houston. There's only average with Schaub and terrible with Osweiler. Do we think that that Deshaun Watson is going to be good? I think he could be a great fantasy quarterback, but he's not a guy I would want for a franchise. He's going to put up big numbers. I Here's my issue with Deshaun Watson, was that the guys 
the guys he's throwing the ball to, just about every single one of them is an NFL caliber guy. I mean, you you think Mike Williams, Artavis Scott. I can't remember if Artavis Scott got drafted or not, but he was supposed to be a. He did it. He's with the Chargers as unsigned. Okay. He's supposed to be a guy that was considered to be drafted. Uh, Jordan Leggett at tight end. They had yeah. that. I can't remember the white wide receiver's name, but he was the one that just went off in the uh, national championship. Hunter, Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. Yeah, Renfro. They, they have another guy who I was looking at. I don't know why they put these things out, but a 2018 mock draft, which is just crazy to even think about. But I was looking at one of those, and they, they had another wide receiver that was coming off the board in the first round. They just have a ton of talent at wide receiver. And if you'll watch some of his throws, he's kind of just he's chucking it all over the place and relying on the catch radius of some of these guys to, to bail him out. And, you know, aside from the performance in the national championship game, obviously the guy plays big in big games, but – you know, he, he is kind of a perfect college quarterback, though. And a lot of times that doesn't translate well into the professional ranks. So no one's really comparing him to Marcus. Do we do we think that that's maybe his ceiling, or is that too lofty? I think Way that's too, too lofty. lofty. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I just so don't think, we, I don't so think he's we, accurate enough. So is his floor Vince Young? I... I don't think he'll be in the league five years from now. Hmm. No. I, that's, 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 I mean, I think a lot of what Brian has to say about him um, is, is kind of true. I wasn't really crazy about the QB class this year. There was really no one that really I saw was a true franchise quarterback. And the insane part is that every – Quarterback picked in the first round. Somebody traded up to get him and gave up a king's ransom to get him. Well, because wow. next year's class is being considered by some worse than this year as far as depth of talent. Yeah. Wow, but, really? So I'll tell you of of the of the three quarterbacks that did go in the first round, the one that I like the most is Mahomes. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't want him for my team. I think he's definitely boom or bust. But if he booms, he's like. Huge boom, I think. Just with that arm talent, uh, everybody talks about him as a gunslinger. I, I think he could be a Brett Favre. Yeah, same here. I know, uh, you know, and, and another prospect. This they said that this year was the year of the running backs, and you know, I, I think you know, there's that case could be made in a lot of ways, and a lot of people had Leonard Fournette as the best running back in the whole class. To me, he's a system kind of running back. Um, he's got a certain set of traits. Those traits are really, really good. Um, but I think just initially, and maybe I'm a little biased because he was drafted by Jacksonville, but I just don't see him. I just don't. See, I, he's kind of a one-trick pony to me. He, I, he can't catch passes, right? He doesn't have a lot of experience blocking. He's a downhill kind of running back, and you know, I'm, I'll be interested to see how he turns out. Um, what, what are you guys' thoughts of the, the fit in Jacksonville, and, and you know, pairing him with with Blake Bortles? I'm not a you really. I, I am not a believer in Leonard Fournette at all. I think Same. Leonard Fournette is the, the the comparison that I would make is you've got these stud running backs in high school who are really good just because they're considerably bigger and considerably faster than everybody else around them. So you see all these highlight reels of them running people over, doing all this crazy stuff, and then they get in the college level and they can't run those guys over, and they can't run past them because 
everybody else is uh, on a similar level, similar level to, to them. So the guys who typically have more success, especially in today's NFL, are the shiftier guys. And he didn't have a whole lot of shifty to him at all. So I'm just not a believer in Leonard Fournette. That's, that's a very fair point. Uh, I even say with that, though, I mean, look at his build. I mean, you look at a guy like Alfred Morris or whatever can come in in the league and put in 1,000 yards or 1,300 yards. I think he's going to be successful. But I'm telling you right now, uh, some of these guys, like the running backs that came in, I don't really like the, the pairings. Like, I, I, I kind of hate where they ended up. Like, for instance, I can't believe uh, Carolina, you know, and, and I'm sure maybe you can make me feel different about this, Brian Pace, but Christian McCaffrey to the Panthers, do you guys see that as a good fit, or do you think they need more of a power every down back? Uh, is that the kind of guy McCaffrey is? Personally, I love, love it because I, I think McCaffrey, at the end of the day, he's going to play like his dad, Ed McCaffrey, you know, play for the Broncos. I think he's going to be more of a slot receiver than anything. I mean, certainly they need a running back, and he's going to play that role. Um, but I just see him being a huge pass-catching threat for Cam Newton. Um, I'm not saying that they're going to have 2015 Carolina Panthers numbers, but you know, this offense could be good with Calvin Benjamin and Greg Olson and certainly with, with, uh, with McCaffrey now. I, I like the fit a lot. I, I'll, I'll mostly agree with you there, Pace. I think they're going to use him uh, all over the place. And that's, that's actually what Ron Vares has, has come out and said, is that we're going to use him exactly like, like they use him in um, but this brings up a good point, and it's something I kind of did want to transition into. Of all the draft picks, especially on the offensive side, who do you think is going to have the biggest fantasy impact next season? Like a team or a player? A player. A player that was drafted. Who yeah. do you think is going to have the best, biggest fantasy impact? Wow. Uh, man, you know, it's kind of ironic we just talked about him, but I was – you know, before we started talking about the Panthers, I was probably going to say Christian McCaffrey. I think he's going to have, he's going to be kind of like a bullet, you know, you know, out of a cannon. I mean, the guy's, the guy is set up, I think, for for success. Um, I, I really liked the pick, and I really like, you know, the idea of, of drafting him myself. Chris, who do you think? I got a guy kind of under the radar. I really like uh, Samaj Perine. Third, he was a third-day guy going to the Redskins. Um, I mean, obviously, if you pay attention to fantasy football, you know Redskins running backs normally have like a committee. But this guy, he is just – I mean, this guy, he's like a truck. And uh, he's had a great college career. I think he's going to really fit in well there. And I just see that guy racking up a lot of points at running back with the Redskins. For me, I think the most obvious answer would be even – despite what I just said about him, would be Leonard Fournette. And I think that's going to be because of opportunity. But mm-hmm. actually the guy that I think, he, well, he's the guy, not personally, that I like the most, but the guy as a running back that I like the most in this entire class was a... Uh, Hook? No, why, why am I forgetting his name out of Oklahoma? The Joe Mixon. Yeah, it was Joe Mixon going to Cincinnati. Oh. Um, yeah, I was, I personally, just, personally, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't um, condone any, you know, what he did. Uh, but I, I think talent-wise, guy is very, very compar- comparable. And I can't believe that that nobody really made this statement. Uh, but the guy who I think he compares to is kind of a poor man's version of Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> 
Mm. Yeah, wow. I see it. My so my can we transition to our favorite team drafts? Because I think a lot of teams did really well and a lot of teams did really poorly. Cincinnati made some good picks. Um, certainly Joe Mixon. Uh, I like that answer, Brian. Um, my favorite team draft was, and I hate to say this, was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys paid no, you know attention to their draft. They they went with T.J. Watt early, but they drafted some offensive weapons. Man, they took um, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's one of my favorite receivers from from the class. Um, you know, they don't need they don't need a running back behind Le'Veon Bell, but who knows when he's going to go down with injury or you know get suspended for a few games for for you know smoking weed. But I really like James Conner out of out of Pitt. I think he could play, you know, more than people thought. But I just thought the Steelers had a really good draft. I agree with you on that. Brian, you have a favorite? Well, as it was happening, certainly through the first three rounds, the team that I really liked based on the talent that they got and what they needed was the Cowboys. Yeah. They, they really needed a pass rusher, and they got a guy who – could have conceivably gone in the top 15 in Taco Charlton. Um, and he's a guy who can stay on the field all the time because he's got the size to play the run as well. Uh, and then I, I liked both of the cornerbacks that they got. I really liked mm-hmm. Awuzie, and I like Jordan Lewis as a slot cornerback. Uh, yeah. I really like both those guys. Uh, they got Ryan Switzer from North Carolina in the fourth round. He kind of fills a similar role as – what Cole Beasley does, but maybe he could be actually be better than Cole, than Cole Beasley. And then their sixth-round picks were a couple of guys that I like, too, more help in the secondary, and uh, Xavier Woods and, and Marquez White from Florida State. So mm-hmm. I, liked, uh, I liked some of the picks they made, but I, I really especially liked the, the picks they made in the first three rounds. Yeah, what, you know, one other team too, and I think this team drafted strictly by need, and it fit. They have their first five picks were all starters. I think it's the New York Jets. They took Jamal Adams. They took Marcus May from Florida, another safety. They took Ardarius Stewart, receiver from Alabama. They took Chad Hansen, receiver from Cal, and Jordan Leggett, the tight end from from Clemson. They, I think, all five of their first five picks are day one starters for their team based on their need. So I, I really like the New York Jets draft. I liked both of the safeties they took. I'm just shocked that they put took two safeties with their first two picks. That's just it's it's kind of crazy to me. But I guess that's part of today's NFL. The safeties are more more important than ever. Oh sure, Rish. Any other guys of note that you really enjoyed? I know you were you were following it and tracking the draft the whole weekend. Is there any any guys of note you want to mention or or teams that you think drafted particularly well? Yeah, the Niners, of course, I love their draft in general. Even all the way down the seventh round, they got great athletes. But, I mean, you got to be excited about Reuben Foster, Solomon Thomas. I know we don't know what all's going on with Reuben. There may be more there, but that's an exciting first draft for John Lynch. But as far as people to watch out for, Titans fans, um, one thing you need to be paying attention to is how many giant offensive tackles the Titans are bringing into camp this year. Average height of about six foot eight, um, and we already have Kelly on the roster, but they've already brought in three uh, undrafted offensive tackles, uh, average age of a height of six foot uh, eight, and 320 pounds. And also keep your eyes on Titans undrafted free agent Roderick Henderson, 
out of Alabama State. If you haven't seen this guy yet, go to YouTube, look him up. Most impressive nose tackle I've seen in years. Reminds me of the poor man's Vince Wilford. All right. Um, you know, lastly, Zach's not here, um, so we would normally do our Tweet of the Week. Um, but I think Zach, this may have been Zach's Tweet of the Week. It's a graphic from, I think this is NFL Network, and it's, uh, it's got the most Hall of Famers drafted all time. Who would you guys say is number one, the team with the most Hall of Famers drafted? Green Bay. Pittsburgh. Brian's right, Pittsburgh, number 16. Wow. Green, Bay, Green Bay is uh, number nine at 10 players. Guess who's sitting there at number 16? Um, actually, 15 with seven. Titans, baby. Your Tennessee Titans. Now, granted, only I think only one of those players was actually drafted as a Titan. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we're taking credit for Houston. You know, the one that surprised me was the, the team with the second most, well, tied for the second most Hall of Famers drafted, the Rams. With only one Super Bowl yeah. title to their credit, the Rams actually have 15 Hall of yeah. Famers drafted. It's impressive, man. They've had, you know, in the last couple of years, I think there's been three years in a row where they've had players that were on that, um, what were they called, the, the greatest show on turf. You know, Kurt Warner being inducted this year, uh, Orlando Pace, uh, Marshall Falk. You know, there's, and is, correct me if I'm wrong, but is, is Isaac Bruce, is he, he's been nominated. I don't, he hasn't been. I don't think he's he been elected yet. Right. Um, so that's impressive for sure. Um, my Did tweet you, of the week. Would, well, oh, that's your, oh, sorry, Pace, go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah this, I, I, the I second tweet here. continuation of, of Zach's tweet. I didn't see you on there. Go ahead. No, no, so I, so I found this, this tweet uh, last week, and this is from Matt Miller, who's regarded, you know, as he's probably in the top five of, of you know, draft analysts. This is, this is what he does, you know, for a living at NFL Draft Scout. So he locked that username up quickly. Um, so apparently on Mike and Mike, uh, the day of the draft, the day after the draft, Roger Goodell, you know, went on the show and said that, you know, he thinks marijuana is addictive and unhealthy, and that he's not on board with letting NFL players use it recreationally. And Matt Miller, you know, quoted that tweet and said, and I and I quote, "This tweet brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the NFL." Um, <laughs> I thought yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah, the the NFL is, it's, it's so hypocritical. hypocritical. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Now I'm not condoning, you know, this this league go out and you know smoke together. Maybe we can, you know, draft night. But um, I just thought that was a pretty funny tweet. Um, guys, what closing thoughts do we have on the draft and the season upcoming? Uh, Brian, maybe since Zach's not here, you can break some of the the news for next year. So I know we we have some things. But uh, any other thoughts, guys? Closing thoughts? I've got no breaking news, um, but just. Talking about the draft, I don't, I don't know that I actually gave a, a grade for the draft, for the Titans draft, and I would give it, you know, I'm a little disappointed uh, that we picked some of the guys as high as we picked, but, you know, because I, I know we wanted to trade down, but you got to have a partner to trade down, and that Trubisky yeah. trade messed up our, our entire uh, draft in terms of being able to trade down. So we got the guys that we needed, though. We got guys that I liked just a little bit early. So for that, I'm going to give it a B. B, B-plus is right around where I was as well. Um, I think in a lot of areas, they, they took the best player on the board, not necessarily by need, which when you do that, you know, at least, 
you know, fans scratching their heads. Um, but again, we won't we won't know the results of this for another you know five six years. So at this moment, you know, I'm going to give it a five. I mean a five. I'm going to give it a B B plus. Rish, you already said a B, right? Yeah, B for me. My closing thoughts for this show is this. Yes, Vince Young may have been mildly entertaining, but if you've been following the Titans recently, there's no doubt the most exciting player to watch, love him or hate him, no one went more crazy in the crowd for anyone as much as they did for Pac-Man Jones. Rory Jackson could bring back the excitement again. Could he possibly go in on some offensive packages like the old Pac-Man did as well? Could be interesting. We'll keep drinking the Kool-Aid, Rish. Um, drinking it. Closing notes. Zach, as he mentioned in the Facebook group today, the draft day is set. That's kind of what I was softballing you, Brian, but you know, I, I didn't make it clear. Um, Friday, September 1st, is the uh, is the draft, and the pre-draft meeting will be online this year. I'm imagining we're doing through GoToMeeting, maybe through some other platform, but that's going to be the month before, so Tuesday night, August 1st. So put that in your calendars, guys. I know that's what you know, Zach would tell you to do. Um, draft again Saturday, September 2nd, and pre-draft meeting Friday, September 1st. Any other? Am I missing anything, Brian? Well, you just you said that wrong because the draft is 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 the Friday, September 1st, and the pre-draft meeting is August 1st. August, August at 1st. Campbell Ball. My apologies. Well, well actually, it probably online. won't be at Campbell Ball. It'll probably be online. Right. It's it's all online because I remember we had some technical difficulties last year at the Hensons, both Hensons actually. Um, so I think everything's online and yeah, I said it wrong. Draft, September 1st, pre-draft, August 1st. All right, guys, I think that's it. Um, consensus B, B plus for the Titans, is that right? Yep, we're yep. there. All right, guys, I don't know when we're gonna do this again let's do it uh, soon maybe the next couple of weeks maybe maybe wait a month or so we can start talking uh, more Titans and, and maybe break down some more picks around the league outside of the Titans draft um, look forward to it go Titans All right. thanks guys